It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter, two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality, and one based in, what do you bet on Twitter, with music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks, here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett. And with me, as per usual, we bring you Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam. Hey, John, what's going on, man? Uh, sinus infection time of the year. Uh, this is great. I've got, uh, I got that gravelly sound to my voice, which is good. But, you know, I got enough Dave Quill and enough caffeine in me to get me through this podcast. And then I, will prob- I might fall asleep during the last call. But who knows? <laughs> we'll find out, right? I, I do every other week anyway, so no big surprise there. Yeah, that's oh. Oh, sad. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us for another week of Wisconsin Sports. Uh, we want to remind you that you can find the show on, first off, X Twitter. You can find the show itself at Scotty Johnny Pod. You can also find it at Mastodon at Scotty Johnny Pod, uh, where you can also find me personally uh, on X Twitter at Not So Humble Host, on uh, Mastodon at Scotty Johnny, and then also on Blue Sky at je barnett and aaron where do people find you when they're looking for you uh john you can find me at cheddar talk at cheddar talk on the x twitter uh, and then uh apple bottom flottom at blue on blue skies so uh, yeah, that's where i'll be excellent well then let's kick right into everything we have this week and we will do that starting off with a segment that we like to call our main event starting things off with the main event All right, after uh, a break that you didn't hear, but we had a good time in, uh, we we are back. Um, Lots of movie talk. Yeah, the whole (laughs) we did. We got off Wisconsin sports for a bit there, just to we're talking strange movies. But anyway, uh, the Packers are a good reason for us to have changed topics. But we're they are are a strange movie this year. Yeah, I can't figure this team out in many ways. Uh, The one thing we know for sure is that Joe Barry has to go. That was the weakest, softest. No try defense. Um, just it, it was cover. It was it was some man, but it was so soft because the entirety of what Joe Barry wants is to just prevent big plays. And apparently, from what Stokes talked about their meeting today on defense, uh, it was all about got to avoid the big plays. They for the most part did that, and then you know Baker Mayfield, uh, the second coming of. of you know, Johnny Unitas went out there and had a perfect rating. Uh, the only ever perfect rating. I mean, it's hard to do. I mean, quite honestly, it's, right. I'm sure there are a thou- there. There's got to be like 25 stadiums where there's never been a perfect rating. Right. No. And, and the thing is too, it's, it's what it, you gotta, your pass percentage has to be a certain amount. You have to have so many point, so many passes or so many yards per completion yeah. and touchdowns touchdowns and no picks and touchdowns yeah touchdowns two attempts and then you, you can't throw a pick yeah. a pick immediately eliminates that so um yeah i mean you terrible. just ba- you basically have to throw every pass for 15 yards which is what he did <laughs> yeah the it, andy herman had a couple really good breakdowns on on x twitter today about it um everybody should be following andy i think and one thing too just the number of times where, with our setup, 
we essentially are agreeing that if one two guys run into one zone, we're going to have Devondre Campbell cover essentially neither of them because it's impossible. It's impossible to cover right. one or either at the way that everything is running. And we did, we did talk about Devondre Campbell at some point here. Too, well, but anyways. yeah, I mean, having him cover people, he's not capable of covering the number of times Preston Smith is backed off downfield and the guy covering wide receivers. We got Quay and Devondre covering wide receivers in man. Did you, in did man. You see, did you see what Devondre Campbell said? I did. Do you want to get it right now? Because that was. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We have to get back to that. Is that he's there's, not going. I mean, this this goes into other things later on, but we can touch on this a little bit later. But well, it goes to Joe Barry to a certain extent. Devondre Campbell saying he's not going to work through injuries anymore if all he's going to just get thrown under the bus. So we're, we're going to sit there and, you know, he's Devondre Campbell's getting burned because he couldn't cover. Evans. That's not his can't. job. He can't. That's not his job. And how many times have we seen this in a Joe Barry defense where a linebacker is on a top tier, you know, uh, top tier uh, wide receiver? And not only that, but how about, you know, we're going to quadruple cover Evans and let Godwin be wide open. That dude's almost as good. But yeah, no, Devontae Campbell, I mean, it's starting to, it, it's starting to show. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, maybe I'm jumping ahead to this a little bit, but, you know, um, Matt LaFleur, you know, is pretty prone to throwing his players under the bus. And, you know, I'm stealing I'm stealing this from a bunch of takes on Twitter. But basically, when Rodgers was here, it was almost a necessity that he had to throw other players under the bus to keep Aaron Rodgers happy, right? right. But now he's throwing players under the bus to protect Joe Barry, which that's not going to go over well. And I think that was a big thing when Devontre, Devontre, uh, Devontre Campbell said, I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah, because I'm getting I'm getting blamed for things that are happening. So here's here's some fun numbers for you on this in terms of what our defense is able to do. Baker Mayfield is the second highest yardage total of his entire career. Rashad White, 139 yards. This is career high yards from scrimmage in a game. Chris Godwin just had the third highest receiving yards in a game in his career. Uh, David Moore had his best receiving game since 2020. He didn't appear in an NFL game in 2022, to be clear. Uh, Packers gave up 452 yards of offense. That's the highest total of the season, and it's the most the Bucks have had in any game since Week 17 of 2022. I mean, Tommy Tommy Cutlets Devito out there in New York should be sending a, a gift basket to Joe Barry because he's made so much money off endorsements in yeah. just the last two weeks because of his game against the Packers, and then he came rushing back down to earth against the Saints. Yeah. Because and, it's not you know, good. A lot of people. I saw a lot, a lot of. I saw a lot of giants. A lot of giants Twitter saying, "Hey, uh, can we schedule another game against the Packers uh, ASAP?" I mean, that's that's it. Like it, the Packers defense is a laughingstock, and when Barstool Sports and Dan Avlosky and national media are calling your defense into question and calling your coaching into question, I mean, that's when the, when you were mentioned by the Onion. That's what I was going to say. The, the most important media outlet in this entire scenario is The Onion. And what was it? The, the they Hubble, said Space, Hubble the, Space Telescopes uh, found uh, 20 Packers, million light years from the nearest receiver on Packers third and one. defensive bats 20 million light years from the line of scrimmage. It's just a picture of Valentine like floating through the universe. It, I mean, it is of what course, it is. The Onion, Onion, Madison, originally Madison original, based newspaper. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah, um, they are. They're Wisconsin, and there are. They also. They also uh, slammed uh, Rogers this morning too. Did you see that one? I didn't see that one. 
but it was a uh, Jets are impressed by how fast Aaron Rodgers is able to complain about his roster. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fabulous. So, I mean, it just they, the onion's really good about picking on the Vikings and the. They're just uh, the, the onions undefeated. Basically, <laughs> that's just what you have to say is that they just from time to time. Yeah, they just they just know what they're doing. That that is such a great uh, publication, and to be this good, this many years, like they were putting out free newspapers years, in the seventies. Right? Yeah, seventies, yeah. so fifty years. Yeah, no, it used to be. I remember when I was in high school, we'd be down in Madison for uh, events like forensics or state mm-hmm. uh, sports meets. You know, when we'd go down for state wrestling and stuff like that. And you go down to some of the, you know, Ellis Deli, Ellis Deli down on State Street, and some of the some of the places that aren't there anymore. Um, and the East Wash. It just be it just be sitting out for free. Yeah, it was a free it was a free newspaper. Yeah, it's still free. I don't know how they. I mean, like they get advertising and stuff, but man, that 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 they nailed it. Um, it's so obvious everything the Packers are doing wrong on that defense. That's the thing. It's yeah, like and- it's just they're way off. We're going to let them come at us, and, and we're going to make sure they don't go past us, but we will let them catch everything underneath. Like they're, The, the completion they're, percentages they're, are insane. They're stopping the big plays, but yet on it, what uh, whatever they uh, – I forget what the criteria of what an explosive play is, but <laughs> the Bucks had 14 explosive plays against the Packers. So, I mean – and not only that, but, I mean, the most egregious one, and Orlowski and others have put it on Twitter. You can go find it. It's on that third and four – they had five wide receivers. They loaded four people onto Evan's side of the field where there was two receivers. And they let, basically left three D-backs more than 10 yards off the line for the three wide receivers that were on that side of the field, on the right side of the field for the Bucks, And all of them were open more than five yards downfield on a third and four. Baker Mayfield turned, looked right, and threw it to the guy that was closest to him. All three were wide open. Yeah. Um, sadly, actually, I'm looking at this. The Packers are not the worst uh, in terms of giving up completion percentages. Uh, the because the Pan- the Panthers are out there, you know that, right? They they are neither. Um, they're 23rd out of 32 teams right now. Uh, they give up a, a 66.06 percent completion this year uh, against opponents. San Francisco 66.1, slightly worse than us. The worst. Sixty-nine point six percent Minnesota Vikings defense, and then Arizona just slightly better than Minnesota's defense right now. But yeah, that's... well, the thing is, too, the thing is, too, is the Packers numbers along with uh, some of these other teams, but especially the Packers. And this is one of the arguments that I hear from a lot of the fans, especially Billy on the on the the game out of Milwaukee, is well, it can't be the worst defense. Look what they did in Kansas City. Well, that makes it almost worse. I'm tired of that argument because it. Yeah, that is a terrible argument because now you're saying they are able to do that. They're just that wildly inconsistent. So in one game, they can do it, and then in two games, against Patrick Mahomes, they can do it, which means they should be able to do it against anybody. Now, granted, Patrick Mahomes, uh, lack of weapons, not the same team, but still Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs. You can do it against them, but you give it up to Tommy Cutlets and to um, uh, Baker may whatever do something this week, may do something next week. (laughs) And I just made that one up. I'm going to remember that one. Um, but, you know, that, that's that's what almost makes it worse, is that they have the talent and they have the ability to do good things, but they're so poorly coached. And I, that locker room is lost, man. I, I don't know why. I don't know why Lafleur's 
sticking up for this guy. I mean, this is his biggest problem as a coach is his loyalty to people he doesn't need to be loyalty loyal to. Like Lafleur is a, I believe, a good head coach. I believe he is a good play caller. I want to see what he can do with this young offense going forward because there's a lot of positive progress. And on the offensive side of the ball with these young guys with the Blake Heaths, uh, Love, of course, obviously, um, you know, uh, Wicks, um, Dobbs, uh, how Kraft is looking all of a sudden out of nowhere. I mean, this is looking good. I mean, but if you t- cut the team in half, like that team, that side's doing fine. But the problem is that he is aorderly attached to Joe Barry. And if Joe Barry can't get this strained out and this whole, the press conference yesterday or two days ago and today, the convoluted stuff coming out of his mouth about bad communication and basically throwing his players under the bus. It was like, well, there's someone who's in charge of taking care of communication right. and making sure players are in place and telling them where to be. Or Devonte was hurt and should have came out of the game, but you know, it wasn't being communicated. Like, well, that's, it wasn't being communicated to me. That's the job of the linebackers coach, the, the D backs coach all the way up to the defense coordinator to the head coach. You know, yeah. that's not, and, and that's the problem. And he threw his players under the bus for Joe Barry, basically saying it was the player's fault that they weren't in the place they were supposed to be. It's not the player's fault. If, if the players are consistently out of place or not playing in the right place, then somebody's not telling them to be in the right place. Yeah. And I think here's, if anybody who's brand new, I guess, Aaron and I were, you know, both in the army together. We've seen our share of, of what leadership does look like and what it should look like and how does it work and when does it look really bad and fail miserably. And that's what this looks like. This is like several um, organizations we've been a part of uh, where just feeling like you're the guy wearing the, you know, the right shirt, that you're in charge, and that does it. You're like, no. No, leadership is something that has to happen every day. And when it goes badly, it's hard to get that going again. And he, I think that there's the first problem is that Lafleur was completely willing to undermine himself for years to Aaron Rodgers because that was how he's going to keep his his job. You know, we got to protect our phony baloney jobs. Yeah, um, we got phony <laughs> baloney jobs here, gentlemen. Yeah. Harumph, 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 harumph. Uh, I didn't get a harumph, out of, that harumph guy. out of that guy. Harumph. Joe Barry in that situation ass. is uh, yeah. Headley Lamar. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> Perhaps. No, I Maybe mean, he's in, the mayor. In, I don't in, know. Into the into the army uh, metaphor too. If if Matt Lafleur is a battalion commander, and Joe Barry is the company commander, and um, Joe Barry has got two platoons in his command, uh, one is the offense, and one or he's got and Joe Barry's got. Sorry, this sorry, this metaphor is already mixed up. Anyways, so, so he's the S three. So, he's the operations guy. He's out there implementing plans and doing that. Okay, so Mark Murphy's a battalion commander, um, <laughs> and Lafleur is the company commander. He's got two platoons. He's got or he's got three platoons: offense, defense, and special teams. Right. Boom. And and so um, offense, he you know used to be the platoon leader of the offense. So that platoon leader really doesn't have to work that hard because he used to do that, and he really helps that guy out. Well, his defensive platoon leader and his yeah. his. Uh, and his special teams platoon leader, he leans on because he's not quite sure what they do. So he has to go <laughs> to them. And so and so that platoon leader leans on that E7 to tell his guys what to do. And the E7 would be Devontra Campbell on the defense and on special teams would be whomever. I don't know. I can't speak to that. And so yeah. and then 
you know, because Devontae is, is trying to trying to call the plays on the field. It, this would be like when the when the BC comes down to the commander and goes, "What happened in that last battle?" And he goes, "Well, my offense was good because I took care of that." And he's like, well, "The defense, you know, the platoon leader was spot on, but all of his troops really stunk it up." Yeah, and yeah. So the commander and that other guy are both West Pointers, and he won't believe yeah, right, it. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and Basaccia, who came from uh, from uh, North Dakota State, it's over there. Yeah. Going, I don't know. That North yeah. Dakota State ROTC going, I don't know what these guys are doing, but right. I got to get out of town. It's, Anyways. Yeah, I no, mean, that's the metaphor, though. It's like, it's like even though Joe Barry failed to give the directions of his company commander, Matt LaFleur, to the defense – he would rather blame the troops than blame Joe Barry because it, it, Joe Barry's his buddy and he can't, Joe Barry can't get in trouble. Well, the having them both be West pointers is a great really, metaphor too. relieved of your command. I mean, it, this is where the metaphor falls apart because in the, in the military, you don't get relieved of your command, you get promoted. But I mean, it's actually <laughs> no, no, no. kind of like the NFL seen it, <laughs> seen it. Yeah. I mean, Joe Barry's kind of messed up everywhere he's gone before too. And he's just gotten more and more jobs because, you know, Rod Marinelli. And did you ever hear the story that uh, there was a, a guy in the press in Detroit that uh, during a press conference asked Rod Marinelli, um, if he'd wish that his defense, if his uh, daughter had married somebody who was, would have been a better defensive I, coordinator. I do remember this now that you say it. Yeah. Yeah. And he got blackballed. He, he never Aww. was allowed back into Ford stadium. He was never allowed to report on the Detroit lions again. I mean, that's kind of vindictive people. They are, you know, Here's, that's a, that's some, that's some nepotism on the highest level. Well, see, so, I think that that's our answer is, you know, he doesn't want to get rid of, you know, his boy here and, what he needs to do is get rid of the defense coordinator. There's not much you could do worse because essentially he's throwing darts at a small dartboard that has four plays on it, and mm-hmm. they're all very much shells of, of defense. And LaFleur even said during his press conference today that he's going to be more involved with the defense. Well, How is that a right answer? Anyhow. I think he should just go full-on in, head NFL head coach, and just let his children call it. I understand they're little, right? But I don't care because it's as good a pick as anything at this point because it's not getting worse. Because at this point, it really is that his defense, Joe Barry's defense is, here's a shell defense. I hope you guys save me because the defensive players have to save him by making a great play. And they can't always do that. And a lot of them aren't particularly good. Like, we don't have safeties. We just don't. Not NFL-level safeties in this this team. So it, it, just let his kids call the plays. Put it on a, on a literal dartboard and just make it fun. Just fun for everybody. You got kids out there throwing darts at boards. The defense is just doing whatever. Uh, make it entertaining, at least, if you're going to be bad, right? Just let his kids call the plays. It's the perfect NFL answer. Just straight on nepotism. I guess what, technically what nepotism comes from the word for nephew, uh, but, you know, same basic idea. Kennedys were good at it. Anyways, yeah. um, so are the Trumps. Um, anyhow, um... I was going to ask you a serious question, and that was, so one thing I haven't heard much talked about, I've heard a lot about, you know, this is Lafleur's, you know, legacy on the line here. Um, do you think Mark Burphy cares? I think like, he cares that they're bad. Um, from the things he's said before, because at one at one owner's meeting, they were, they were saying, like, one of the fans was complaining about how many times that they're playing outside of the noon window 
And he's like, you don't want to be playing at noon. You know, you want to be better than that. Um, so, yeah, he does care about that. Um, we'll see how much that gets them. The biggest thing with a lot of these guys is you want to hire your guy. Your guy's there, which is why Gutenkunst was very quick to fire, you know, McCarthy uh, because it's not his guy. He didn't hire him. Ted did. So he was quick mm-hmm. to get rid of him. You have a short leash on someone else's GM, but you have a very long leash on your own GM. This is the guy, you know, that Gutekunst hired. And I think it's going to be a long haul to get him out of there. And Matt's going to get at least one more chance. Missing the playoffs several years in a row is not going to stand very well around here. But I think the only thing at this point, too, for Matt is that Joe Barry gathers so much of the blame among the fan base that we will forgive him some here. But something well, I mean, has to change. The thing is, too, is so, so, I, so, you know, I took one step out of there. I just went to Mark Murphy right off the bat. Mm-hmm. But with Gutenkunst, too, like, Gutenkunst has had two ridiculously good back-to-back draft classes. Yeah, these like, last two have been this, pretty good. This, this last year is looking to be unbelievable. Like, he only missed on seventh-round draft picks. And that was just because there's too many other wide receivers, right? So, and Gutenkunst seems to be doing almost everything right. And Lafleur runs a good offense. Um, managed the ego for three years. So Lafleur as a coach is fine. It's at what point does Gutenkut step in and say, I'm hiring you a defensive coordinator because you are unable to take care of yourself. That's your one flaw. Like that's the one thing you don't do well. Um, I think this might be the point where Murphy does step in because Gutekunst is doing his job and he works a little bit in a vacuum, though he does obviously have to answer to media. He has an availability he does. So does, you know, LaFleur, and he never changes anything either. Um, Murphy is much more um, tied to the media answers and the media feeling. He's much more tied to the the tubing hill next door. Yeah, but (laughs) he needs to have that positive press. That's the job he's more interested in, and he's going to be more susceptible to dealing with we're getting bad press than either Gutekunst or LaFleur, I think. So I think that that's going to be one of the bigger ones. But also, to a certain extent, I think Murphy's close to being on his way out. And then we'll have to see who the next president is after that. And once if Ooh, if that's spicy. soon, I mean, I think like we've talked about, he's probably just a couple years in on this, and he might be on his way heading you know to retirement. He's had a, a very long run as president. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, who's, who's the next president going to be? Don't know. Don't know what that would look Could like it be just yet. The son of Bob Harlan, up high, down hard. <laughs> that would be fun. Huh? Oh my God! How good was Kevin Harlan on that game the other night? He's when great. It was on He's NFL Network. Good with, with whatever and, he does. Him and, Kurt, him and Kurt Warner are the best play-by-play uh, color combo. I miss sober Tony Romo. He was good. <laughs> well, Tony Romo when he was first out of the league and he still knew what was going on. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But no. No, um, no, Kevin, Kevin uh, is the best play-by-play guy, and uh, Kurt Warner is unbelievable on color. He doesn't step on touchdown calls. He's great. He does his <laughs> job because he's smart. Kevin, yeah. Kevin, Kevin Warner could run circles around any, but the problem was he wasn't a Dallas Cowboy quarterback, so that's why he's not on the air. And he, yeah, Kurt Warner worked his way through it because um, he is not amazingly, f- like, physically gifted. He had to find his way through that. So yeah, he's got a great brain and a big arm, and that's all he got. So, I guess here's my thing. Yeah, we got we got all that, but I want to say like, with this team, with this defense, what are you? I mean, 
say we get rid of Joe Barry. All right. We're going to have that as the hypothetical. And I don't, I'm not interested in trying to get you to try to go out there and find me the new defense coordinator. Oh, the fun one would be Al Harris. Um, yeah. I mean, it couldn't be worse. That would be fun. Uh, it would be interesting, though, and fans would definitely give him a leash if you we're get We're going to take the ball, and we're going to win. Yeah. And then Al Harris said no. Yeah. I was at that game. It was a fantastic game. Um, but anyhow, what if whoever we have there, what are the parts in this defense that just have to be there then for the next several years? What are the parts you want to see that are going to be the, the biggest the parts? The parts I want to see is all the high-end draft picks that have been, that have been used on this instead of improving the offense. I mean, the offense is built on one first-round draft pick and a whole bunch of day two picks and day three picks. And Wicks right? is am maybe I, the best I, of them right I now. wrong, except for Musgrave and Kraft? So on yeah. defense, I want to I see those players play better, and I want to have the talent that is there be used properly. I think half the reason why the defense looks as bad as it is because these players are being misused, and they're being yeah. thrown under the bus. I, there's no team there's no team feel to the defense the defense early on this year had a a lot of islands yeah had had a good feel to it but i mean man if you're losing devontra campbell man like that's there's some toxicity right there i mean that's what it's just there hasn't been any anything good i mean the last time we had a good solid defense was with Dom Capers in 2010, man, <laughs> yeah. with Clay Matthews running around, you know, and with uh, Collins playing strong safety, you know, yeah. and big personalities. I mean, there's big personalities on this team, but I mean, uh, on this defense, and they want to be there. Rashawn Gary is so wants to be an all pro and so could be an all pro, but they're all being misused and they're all being blamed for all the problems on defense. And that's what I want to see. I, 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 if someone just comes in and just starts taking bullets for these guys and just being like, yeah, sorry, that was my bad. You know, when we didn't communicate on that one, that was on me as a coach. There is, there's never any blame put on the defensive coordinator on for the Packers. It's always on the defensive players. And I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> here's the conspiracy theorist in me. <laughs> so so now Matt LaFleur is trying to explain away why Jair's been out for six weeks without being on the IR. You know, maybe it's because Jair doesn't want to come back and play for this team right now. Yeah, you're it's not the first one to say that. Well, Devontae Campbell just said it today. Yeah. Or yesterday. So I mean he he said that he said that part out loud. That he said the part nobody says out loud, out loud. And <laughs> it's you know, why would anybody want to play for this this team or this guy? You know? So and yeah. and it, and it's also a two it's also a two way street because Lafleur does not throw offensive players under the floor, under the bus. Not often, no. No, not much. No, he he didn't even put MVS under the bus, even though MVS could be put under the bus on a weekly basis, even now with the Chiefs. But I mean, how many times do I say I mean in a podcast? We're gonna have to call that. Know. We're gonna have to count that out sometime. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 he's constantly putting defensive players under the bus, which. I mean, mm-hmm. can Al Harris come in and fix that? I hope so. I mean, heck, we'll take the it, kid from Flambeau. Bring him in. Yeah, that was one of the other fun ones. People have been saying, like, what if we Bring brought in, in somebody like Leonard. If we brought in Leonard. Uh, one of the other fun names I heard was somebody saying Aranda, but Aranda's not going to be available. He's still got a year probably before they fire him. They'd have to fire him because 
the amount of money he's making at Baylor, they'd have to fire him, or you know, so he can get that money before he would leave. I wouldn't go either. I, I do but, love yeah. when I go back home to Turtle Lake, though, that the the Leonard's are all the kids from Flambeau, and then uh, Leo Chanel is the kid from Grantsburg. <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> that's small town football for you. But anyways, there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on then. Uh, basically, at this point, I don't have any idea what the Packers are going to do any week, and I have no faith in them winning any more games. Um, no. But they'll win one we don't expect them to win and then be terrible in ones they ought to win, like All next right. week. You know, at this point, they're the no worst team in football next week. 15. Just, just beat the Vikings. They got, they're going to play the worst team in football next week at home, and I don't know what to even think. So that's where we are. Uh, in better news, though, the Bucks went on a, been on a winning streak, haven't lost since uh, Bobby Portis put his foot down. You know, when he came out and started telling everybody, you got to start getting this stuff right and we got to start getting together, they haven't lost. I mean, and Bobby scored 30 points and uh, 31 points the other night and 24 points tonight. Yeah. And this one, um, I mean, this one tonight, uh, Spurs, that's not a big one. They're 4 and 22, and Wemby didn't play. Um, I don't see him on the, he's not on the statue here. I didn't see him out there. Um, Sandro, though, Mamukalashvili, he came out. He uh, he got 15 minutes and scored three points and was a negative seven on his plus minus. But I like him. I thought he was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, no, the Bucks look good. Uh, we finally get one of those, another one of those big games from Dame Lillard where he puts up 40. Uh, yeah, puts up 40 and goes yeah. over 20,000. Went over 20,000 points for a career. Yeah. So last week he went over 2,000 threes, right? So, yeah, we've had a lot of milestones very recently. I mean, Giannis put up 64 and set the team scoring record or tied it. Yep. Tied, yeah, and then uh, Lillard, Lillard gets to 20,000. Lillard has his you know 2003, but also uh, Giannis now the all-time leader in rebounds in box history. Yep, and that happened um, on Sunday night. So yeah, so yeah. we we've had several nice milestones in a row, and and Chris, they've been getting the wins, which is the biggest part. Go ahead. You were going to say about and, Chris. And I was going to say. I was going to say they played the Pistons and uh, <laughs> they played the Pistons. Uh, who did they play on Sunday? I'm brain farting. Right uh, they played the, they played the Pistons on Saturday. Then Rockets. Rockets on Sunday, and then they played the, uh, the Spurs. Uh, today, yeah, Spurs today, which that's like a who's who of the worst teams in basketball. So I mean, but talk about three get right games, and you know. A lot of it was, you know, giving the ball to Bobby. Bobby, they were the Bobby chants were on tonight too, you know, and that's mm-hmm. good. You need that guy involved, man. He's he's your second best. Well, third. Well, Giannis is a big man, and sorry, I always forget that to call him as big man, but he is. But like, and then it's Brooke, and then Bobby. You need Bobby involved. Like yeah. that was part of the reason why they won the championship. And then also in these games, so even with Chris getting forty points, Giannis is taking like a back seat sometimes to a lot of this and just dishing out, and like he's expanding his game as well. And Chris is getting to shoot. That's big. Like they because mm-hmm. Chris is the one who's sacrificing the most by Dame Lillard being here. Like and so. Chris looked good. Dame still puts up 40. I mean, it's there's legitimately, I mean, and then of course, you know, Lopez is, you know, he can still do it. He's a defensive beast. I mean, if he had to, you know, he could put up 30 points if he had to, but otherwise besides him, Bobby. Well, and and then like, we've also got the big play from uh, Brooke getting six, uh, six blocks tonight. So we get a, a, I mean, he only puts up 14 points. 
But Brooke getting six blocks is a huge deal in there as well. Giannis adds a seventh, but six blocks is a fantastic game out of Brooke Lopez there. I mean, Brooke's Brooke's been um, Brooke's been great, and having his brother back on the team too, you know that I'm yeah. sure that's energizing him too. And I mean, Chris is still Chris, and I I always say this. I say I say it's not hyperbole to say that when Chris Middleton is on the top of his game, he resembles Kobe, Kobe Bryant, and. It, it's it's not every game, but I mean, especially on that run to the championship, every once in a while, man, he's got all the moves. He's got that mid-range jumper. He can pull up. He can dribble past people. Cash money, man, from time to time, it's an inconsistency thing that kind of gets in the way. But I mean, but now as a, as, as a role player behind Dame, this is great. Like, well, he puts have him 17 in, in tonight. It. Yeah, he, he had 26, I think, Sunday and 17 today. He's. He's finding ways to get his points. The thing I like better he's, is his stroke he's shooting to the lights on. They're putting him down yeah. in the corner to shoot threes. Yeah, his... which him and they put him and Malik Beasley in each corner, and good luck. Got to pick one, you know. And Beasley's been playing well. I mean, that's the other thing too is that Beasley's a number one on some bad teams. Like, um, I mean, they they needed three games to get good and get well and i really think that it's, it's starting to gel and mm-hmm. bringing in that second superstar into it like all the rest of them kind of grew together but to bring in a, another superstar that was an established superstar somewhere else that scored most of his twenty thousand points somewhere else that shot most of his three thousand points somewhere else or, or most of his three-pointers somewhere else like to bring dame in is kind of throwing you know when you've been throwing little pebbles in the pond to make you know, little ripples, and then all of a sudden somebody throws in a 16-pound bowling ball, you know, <laughs> even though he's the smallest 16-pound bowling ball ever. You know, it, it's going to make big waves, and it's going to take some time to get it together. And I'm happy to see that prior to Christmas that they're at least starting to get it together. Right. That That's definitely true. And the Bucks staying on top of the, the Central right now has been, I mean, fairly easy. You want to know my favorite stat? Right now in the NBA, Aaron, it, it's that the uh, Texas Rangers, who just won a World Series back in, you know, October, November, uh, they have a win more more recent than, uh, uh, you know, they've won more recently than the Pistons have. That's incredible. The Pistons are on a 24-game losing streak. Um, they were 2-1 and one and have lost every single game since. It is they've the most. So many, they've had so many high lottery picks in the last five years too. It's ridiculous that they're that bad. I don't know how anybody can lose that many games in a row. The twenty four. They also have the highest. They also have the highest paid coach in NBA history. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, uh, Pacers finished. You know, in in our in season tournament. Just to remind us how important this was so far. Uh, and the Pacers dropped down to now third in the division, eighth place in the East. Uh, they are thirteen and twelve, but. Did have a six straight uh, six straight wins in the uh, tournament and are terrible outside of it. Uh, the Lakers also in eighth place at fifteen and thirteen. Just they won seven straight in the tournament, but are eight and twelve otherwise. <laughs> like, yeah, that's fine. They're just gonna hang out there. These are gonna be kind of bottom dwelling teams who are very excited and you know put in the work, did what they needed to do to the win very specifically designated games that everybody knew mattered more and they got paid, right? Like they, they there was a, there was a bonus tied on to that. So they did that. Um, 
you know, like quarter million of dollar, quarter million dollars a piece. That you know, yeah, it's to an NBA player doesn't seem like much, but like I'll, I'd take quarter of a million. Yeah, dollars if, right if now. that's terrible to them, I would take half of that, and yeah, that'd be yeah. great. No, but I mean, you got to pay them because otherwise, why do they care about that extra game anyhow? Um, but I mean, mm-hmm. the biggest thing so far I've been seeing, um, we're still getting great minutes out of Brook. Brook's defenses continue to be fantastic, and. Dame's starting to fill in here or there. I'm still concerned a little bit about what this defense looks like. They're not quite filling or stretching and in, in, in switching in the ways that we'd seen before, but we are scoring at a much higher rate. Uh, so I think some of that will kind of settle in. Defense takes longer than the offense, just generally speaking, because there's a lot of non-speaking movement and you're doing it not able to see the whole floor in the way you can on offense. Uh, but also... Yeah, uh, we're talking about Chris Middleton. I've been very excited to see his shot looks much smoother now. Like he's, it, it looks like he's feeling better about his own shot, getting his feet underneath him. Uh, the crossover step back uh, that's back in there, it, it looks smooth and he looks ready, and you feel confident that when that ball's up, it's going in. Uh, I think he does too. So yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling better. I mean, this is a again. Like you even put out, like this is a weak little stretch. To I mean, they did beat the Pacers in this stretch. You know, they they beat after they right. lost to the Pacers in the semifinal game. Uh, they then beat the Bulls, the Pacers, and then you know this the, the island of misfit toys that is the uh, Detroit Pistons and the Rockets and the Spurs. So, but yep. you know, twenty and seven isn't you know it's that's exactly what you want to be right about this time. So that's good. Right, we'll talk about it more in March. I yeah. guess now, right. Exactly. Get back to me in March. No, actually, <laughs> as far as the defense goes, too, um, the one thing that um, I like, the, the, the problem is that, you know, the defense started with Drew Holiday for the last couple of years here, you know, and it went through the top and he was, you know, cutting the beast off of yeah. the head because, you know, he's up at the point, bring, taking on the point guard, taking on the top. And Lillard's not going to do that. And I don't know who on this team can, I honest to God, maybe a friend of the show, Pete will correct me on this later, but like, why not just put, I mean, with, if, if you're going to play Bobby or uh, Brooke down low, who Brooke, by the way, has not lost a step. He no. looks great for, a, for an old big guy. My God. Fantastic. Specimen. Uh, put that brain in the Smithsonian. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, why not just put Giannis at the top of the three point line? top of the key and just have him spread his arms out <laughs> yeah. just be like, you got, you got to get around this. Like, good just, luck. Why not? You know? Yeah. I mean, not not a crazy fast, idea. He's fast enough. He can't keep up with the little, little guys, but I mean, he I, can I, still I, come down the hill on the, uh, the dribble drive too, then and, and get that. Oh the, yeah. I the, mean, he'd the be, slot he'd off be, the back. Yeah. He'd, he'd be point on a fast break, you know, just for that lob, you know, three quarter court alley, oop three sixty. Steph Curry bounce off the ground dunk, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in other basketball love, news. The oh, go ahead. They're, they're so great. They've yeah. been good. Yeah. We're, we're glad to see how they're, they're kind of rounding in. And we'll keep our eye on how it goes. We're more interested in seeing kind of how they're getting themselves rounded into shape for the time that they get closer to, you know, playoffs than, than what we're seeing now. You know, March yeah, is when we're going to want to carry. The evolution will be fun. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like I, when we talk about the Packers, I want to see them looking better. And, and, you know, and like we said, love actually – did look better this week than he did the week before. It just didn't matter. Right. Uh, but I mean, I'm like looking- this one, we're seeing the Bucks start to play better together. 
right. start looking like they're they're moving at the right tempos, that they they're playing at the pace they feel comfortable pay, playing at. So yeah, I, I feel better about the progression. At this I'm, point. I'm still I'm still waiting for the first game when Giannis and Lillard both score forty points. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Oh uh, yeah. All right. Uh, other basketball news: Wisconsin had a like we said just a, a nothing game here until they get the Big Ten play. They played Jacksonville State, uh, the Gamecocks, uh, not Jackson State, which is where Dion used to coach, but you know, well for football. But they played Jacksonville State Gamecocks. They win seventy five sixty. Basically, they went down low most of the game. Uh, big games from both Wall and Crawl. Uh, so uh, Store had a nice game too. Those are the three guys who get into double digits. Blackwell comes off the bench at seven. You know, Klesmith had that huge game against Marquette to get him up front there, but then, you know, he puts up three points in this game. He's one of four overall, shoots one of three from the floor, one rebound, two assists, two steals. His defense is still nice. Uh, Chucky Hepburn only gets seven points, but five steals. I mean, that's kind of – and four assists. Like, that should be his game more or less. They have been less focused on a pure point guard, which, quite honestly uh, – how many NBA teams are, are are dedicated on a pure point guard sort of play? Like how many times do the Bucks have Giannis and Chris bringing the ball up the floor? A lot. Um, I mean, if you've got Chris Paul, you do it. But a lot of teams are going to the like several guys starting the offense in many different ways, trying to set their matchups. And that's kind of what the the Badgers do. They'll let Klesmith bring it up. They'll have Store bring it up. Sometimes they'll have Wall bring it up, depending on how he's feeling or if he's got the rebound and he's got you know numbers. But they haven't focused as much on Hepburn having to have the ball. But he's been at least good in his role so far, and he's been solid defensively. And, I mean, they look good against a bad team. That's that's the big thing, I guess, is all you can say there. Uh, Marquette actually just had a, a rough loss in a game that they're going to want back. Um, but it's a team that also recently beat Wisconsin. Uh, Providence, in Providence, Marquette was on the road this time. <laughs> we'll mention that they did. They did actually beat the Tommies, if anybody's particularly interested. That game was closer than it should have been. Uh, the Univers- Tommies of Providence? The University of St. Thomas Tommies only lost oh. by five, 84 to 79. Um, not the greatest little stretch here for Marquette. Uh, Iguodaro ended up putting up 21 points against the Tommies. He didn't get a lot done today. Um, biggest part of the the problem with, with Marquette today, uh, same thing as what happened with Wisconsin. They, they got into foul trouble. And they could not find their way out of it. They they had trouble on the boards. I mean, just watching it, uh, just seeing how the how that all worked out, and to see what the final numbers on the rebounds were. Uh, well, they only lost by three rebounds overall, uh, and actually had more offense rebounds than I guess Providence. But watching the game, they came in such bad times. Like early on in that first half, just Providence was able to get to the boards. Their passing was so good. Uh, Providence had a very good game plan. They made Marquette run side to side the whole game and then were able to get in low. Uh, Their dribble drive turned into something or turned into a pass that led to another open run. They were able to get points on the board early. They were able to get to the line early, and uh, that definitely hurt. Uh, Both teams end up, I guess, in the end making 17 free throws, but Providence took 28 shots uh, from the free throw line to get there. Uh, Providence also killed him from three. Uh, 20% shooting from uh, Marquette. 
Providence goes 11 of 32. If a team's going to shoot like that, I don't know what the defense is at that point. you got to get out there on them on the perimeter the whole way. Um, that's an exhausting sort of game to play. And Providence managed to make that work. They did well uh, staying on the boards with them. They did well on defense. Marquette looked off. Um, there are a number of plays that were just weird, lazy, pushing passes that didn't did not in any way work. The number of turnovers did not did not look like Marquette basketball what they wanted. Um, this uh, Providence gets eleven points off fourteen turnovers. Marquette, who is a defensive minded uh, team that that wants to turn tips into turnovers into points. Got eight points off of 14 turnovers. Uh, the fast break points, 11 to 4. Providence wins in fast break points and three point plays. Um, they walk away with this one, 72 to 57. Um, yeah, a couple things you'd want to see here. I'd like to see Iguodaro be more of a center point of the offense in many ways. Uh, they looked a little frantic, uh, less controlled out there. Early on, they were running something like Jokic getting the ball at the free throw line and then essentially running the offense from there with their big Iguodaro can do all those things. He's got good speed. He's faster than a lot of the bigs he plays against. Uh, so you get him there on the pass and he's got the option to dribble drive. He's got the option to pass. Uh, he can even back him down. There's a number of things you can do there and they've kind of gotten away from some of that. Um, but also, yeah, just they couldn't shoot. They just couldn't shoot today. And uh, that's a rough one for, for Marquette going into there and, and taking this loss. Now they're um, 0-1 in the conference. Now, only their third loss of the year, but now they're going to be sitting at the very bottom of the Big East for the time being. They're going to crawl themselves back out. They're too talented a team and too well-coached a team, quite honestly, to be able to, to stay where they are. Um, but they're going to have to get, get a couple things working for them uh, before they start getting deeper into the season. Uh, they'll play Georgetown. I mean, it's easy to get get healthy playing against Georgetown uh, on the 22nd. And then on the 30th, they will play Creighton. So that should be a good one. They'll have Creighton at home. Next two games are both at home. Uh, like Wisconsin, we were talking about, they have uh, they got another little you know mid-major type team. They're going to play Chicago State, uh, which I believe are the Panthers or something. Uh, and then they'll get Iowa, but that won't be till next year. So they got a little break here till the 22nd, and then the next game will be in January, and then they'll start Big Ten play. But that's... I, I, thought, I thought Chicago State would be like the Chicago State suburban flights. <laughs> that would be Sorry. that would be something, wouldn't it? That would that would make more sense. But, yeah. You know. Well, let's put this here before we go off to anything else. Uh, Wisconsin ended up. Uh, in volleyball, losing in the semifinal. I know, I was uh, so sad. I watched they, the whole thing. It was bad. Yeah, it's rough. It was the, the, the Texas, and it's just just, just uh, so close. Uh, rough game. Uh, Texas ends up beating Nebraska next. Uh, so Texas are your national champions. Uh, just, yeah, I mean, like, you feel very excited about how great a season this was, how well the Badgers did, ending the season ranked number three overall. I mean, that's an incredible accomplishment. Uh, if football did that, we would all lose our minds. Um, mm-hmm. But this is another great, uh, another great one here for this team to come in here and get another Final Four appearance. Uh, get them there. Uh, they lose to Texas. Um, their only losses are Texas, Nebraska. They, they're the only team other than Texas who beat Nebraska. 
they actually have a better record than Texas. <laughs> That's right. funny. Uh, and then their other losses were Penn State and Purdue on the road. They finished 12th and 13th overall. So, yeah, uh, fantastic season. Uh, Sarah Franklin, the uh, uh, volleyball coach, American Volleyball Coach Association uh, Player of the Year. Uh, so great for her. Um, that's going to be the end of hers. It's the uh, uh, was it the 11th straight season the Badgers finished in the top 12, uh, eight years in the top five, finished fifth or better in each of the last five seasons. Uh, so, you know, great to have this team. A lot of them will be back again. Ooh, Marquette finished just out. They're in their others receiving votes. They finished 20, I guess, kind of 27th, right behind Florida State and uh, Southern Methodist. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of people coming back on this team. They got a lot of youth, but they, they still, they'll still have a bunch of experience. I believe we'll still have uh, Devin Robinson, uh, Anna Smrek. I think Yulia is going to be a senior next year, Yulia Orzao. Guchtekin is, uh, I believe she's a junior next year. Uh, but, yeah, we'll also see the Badgers have been very good at getting uh, people to come in as, uh, uh, I guess, transfers. Um, Carter Booth was a transfer out of Minnesota. Um Tammy was also a transfer out of Northwestern. So we'll see if some of the, you know, what they do with this team. Sheffield's got a good thing going here, and uh, we'll see how this goes. And uh, look forward to seeing him again next year, and congratulations on a fantastic year for Wisconsin Volleyball. 100%. Yeah. And with that, uh, we will finish up everything else we have with a segment of our show that we lovingly call Our Last Call. Time to look around and get your bearings. It's time for the last call. All right, for last call, less and less stuff uh, as we go on here. Uh, Badger men and women hockey did not play. Uh, still remains Badger men. Ranked number six overall, 14-4. and 14-4 and four is also the women's uh, team, and they're number three in the country behind Ohio State and Minnesota. Um, D3 polls, we have no changes here. UWSP and Eau Claire still 8-9. Uh, the only games we had this week for men's hockey are River Falls uh, played two games against Lawrence, and they win both of them, 4-3 uh, on Thursday and then 4-2 on Friday. Uh, women's hockey, uh, also not a lot going on there. We had... Uh, we had some midweek games. Uh, St. Scholastica came in and beat River Falls in Duluth, uh, five to four. Uh, then Gustavus Adolphus uh, and River Falls met up. River Falls beats Gustavus Adolphus three to two in St. Peter. And then Moorhead, the Cobbers, Moorhead, Concordia, Moorhead uh, of Minnesota. That's literally. I'm not. It's not our joke. This literally the Cobbers um, in Moorhead uh, beat. UW Superior two to one and then seven to three. Uh, as things stand right now, we still have the River Falls Falcons as number one in the country, uh, eleven and zero. They're the only undefeated team. I guess Amherst has a, has a tie there, so they're six zero and one. But eleven and zero River Falls, all twenty first place votes. They remain in first place at this point. Uh, in terms of Moving along through our different sports here, we also have men's basketball, where over this last week uh, we had quite a few games since we last talked. So starting Tuesday, River Falls beats St. Olaf, uh, 68-67. Stevens Point beats North Central of Minnesota. 
And UW Stout falls 100 to 75 to Loris College of, Illinois, of uh, Iowa. Uh, Wednesday, we had Whitewater beating Lawrence uh, 74 50. UW Lacrosse gets a win against uh, St. Mary's, moves up to 6 and 5 on the year. Uh, Eau Claire beats Superior 67 48. Platteville beats North Central of Illinois uh, 80 to 65. And then moving into the weekend Saturday, we had Eau Claire falling to Bethel of Minnesota and then Hamlin uh, at home in St. Paul, Minnesota, beating River Falls 82-75. to Whitewater continues to play well. They beat Marion 80-74 to in Fond du Lac. Oshkosh hosted Ripon and beat them uh, 84-60. And then Calvin from Minnesota, or from Michigan, pardon me, Calvin College or Calvin University of, of Michigan came in and beat the pointers of Stevens Point in Stevens Point, 81 to 70. So right now, as it stands, uh, nobody has played any conference games. Platteville is eight and one. Whitewater is eight and one. Oshkosh at six and two overall, and then Eau Claire at six and four. Stevens Point at five and four, and then Lacrosse with that win again. Like I said, pulled up to six and five. So all those teams with winning records, only River Falls and Stout, uh, falling uh, below 500 at this point. Uh, women's basketball this last week. We had a uh, couple games this weekend. Uh, River Falls beats Eureka of Illinois, 79-48. Uh, to 48. And then Whitewater, uh, nationally ranked Whitewater, beats Manhattanville of New York, 70-35. to 35. Uh, and then just uh, just it today, makes more sense that Manhattanville's out of New York instead of right. Kansas. I'd rather it be Matt- Manhattanville, you know, Iowa. That would be amazing. Well, you know, there's Manhattan, Manhattan, Kansas. There's a Manhattan, Kansas, the Little Apple, yeah. We're home of the uh, Wildcats of K-State. Uh, is that where the Wrestling Hall of Fame is, too? That could be. You, I'm sure you know that, and I, I don't. Uh, mm, I, that popped in the back of my head, so I can't prove that. You keep talking. <laughs> Whitewater gets another win uh, Tuesday here tonight. They beat Messiah of Pennsylvania. You don't want to beat Messiah right before Christmas. That doesn't seem right. Uh, Messiah should be much more powerful right before Christmas. Uh, they're playing in Puerto Rico. They win 62 to 36. Uh, Oshkosh beats Berea of Kentucky 72 to 39. In terms of their uh, conference standings, again, no one has played. Whitewater remains undefeated. UW Students Point remains undefeated in women's basketball. 11 1 for Whitewater. 8 and, or pardon me, 11 and 0 for Whitewater. 8 and 0 for Students Point. Stout is nine and one. River Falls eight and one. Oshkosh seven and one. So there we all with uh, a bunch of those things there. Aaron, did you have anything else you wanted to, to in get my, to? In, in my best Norm Macdonald voice to follow up on the Messiah. Also, who should be cheering for this holiday season? Jesus Christ University. Is that a university? I want to look that up. No, I don't think it is. But that was my oh, best yeah. Norm Macdonald I could do right there. Uh, also, um, uh, Wrestling Hall of Fame is in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Oh, okay. That was off. I should know that. That's why. No, Manhattan. That's yeah. In Stillwater. Yeah. Oh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I was like. Still, Stillwater, Oklahoma is where the wrestling. Not nah, Stillwater, wrestling. Minnesota. Oh. Let's yeah. see Messiah College. Find out where that is. Let's look in them up here. That's a big one. They are in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. That's Not in Bethlehem. Thing. Not in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, but Mechanicsburg. You'd think Messiah would be in Bethlehem, but it's not. They don't know. Maybe Jesus Christ University's in Bethlehem. They're in One University Avenue, Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. 
What are what are their program names? Let's let's find out. They are the the Falcons. Fear the Falcons. The Messiah Falcons. Yeah, only in Pennsylvania would have Mechanicsburg. By the way, <laughs> that does seem right. But yes, so there they go. It, it's like in Jersey, they should they're, be a town named Mobsville. They're, they're, <laughs> their mascot is Flex the Falcon. Mm. Oh, gosh, that's so good. That sounds like a replacement mascot that took over for something that was um, racially insensitive for the last hundred years before that. <laughs> uh, and uh, looking at this uh, for, uh, was this the one that we were just talking about? Um, uh, Manhattanville from New York. They are mm-hmm. the Knights. No, they're the Valiants. Oh, that makes me so happy. They're no, not just Eddie nice. Val- That's a great Eddie name. Valiant. Yeah, Valiant. Like Prince Valiant. Valiant and Valiant. Uh, yeah, so that's fantastic. Look at that. Good Tombstone, time. Tombstone, whenever they have a, have a problem, they have to go to Valiant and Valiant. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us for Movie another. Up. Yes, it does. Another wonderful week of Wisconsin sports here, everybody. Uh, maybe next week we'll have a Packer win. Who knows? Um, it's kind of a mystery. Week to week, we're not sure. But uh, here's hoping, at least. And. Uh, Remember to go follow us on all the social medias, all of them, uh, X Twitter, uh, as we said at the top of the show, as well as um, Mastodon and Blue Sky, if you can get onto Blue Sky. If not, message me on uh, on the X Twitter or something. I, I have, I think Aaron and I both have codes we can give away at this point. So if you're interested, here we go. Multiple. If you live in uh, Manhattansville uh, or, you know, Turtle Lake. You can send us those things, and we'll get you codes. And, you know, all the big cities. Uh, but either way, thank you for joining us, whether you're around Wisconsin, around the United States, or across the globe. We, we definitely appreciate having you with us every week. Remember, whether you are on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at ScottyJohnny1 or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening, and on Wisconsin.